Hello and welcome to Coffee by FBN, a 25-minute educative session with professionals of Nigeria's leading finance community. Thank you for joining and do enjoy as you listen. Hi, Manuel. Hello. Good evening. Yeah. Good evening, Emmanuel. Welcome to FPN Podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. Super excited that you are here. Okay, so Emmanuel, I'd introduce you, but I'd rather you tell us yourself. So, I mean, you can give us the best perspective about your background and, you know, what you currently do. And um, go ahead to tell the audience what it is you're going to be discussing with us today. So, um, could you please tell us more about yourself in a minute? So, I said a minute. I'm going to stick for 60 seconds to <laughs> my very best. My name is Faith Imano. Imano, Faith is my first name. So, I work at Faith Imano. As I work at Imano Faith because I like the way it sounds. Okay. Um, at Imano is a professional. I lead the people and culture team at Carrywise. Carrywise. But yes, at Carrywise, yeah, Carrywise. I'm assuming that you know us. Um, we are one of the burgeoning fintechs in Africa, committed to wealth management and financial education, and ensuring that people experience financial liberation in a really easy way. Um, I'm a new professional. My duty is to manage people and processes that drive organizational goals and objectives. Outside work, I do creative writing and I read a lot of books. Okay. That's 67. Okay. Thank you very much for sticking to time. And I think that is fantastic. But, you know, before we jump into the other questions we have for today, I'm curious, Manuel, how, how did you end up in HR? I mean, I'm talking about from an academic background perspective now. Is there something you study to get ready for HR? How do you become a HR professional? Okay, that's, that's a really interesting question to ask. And that's, uh, if I do an analytic, I think 70% of people will ask me questions or interview me or any platform asks me that because they are fascinated about, about the fact that I moved from a background in economics to becoming a full-fledged HR professional. <coughs> My background was in economics and I had a couple of finance internships. I outstandingly entered with Mary Stead, wow. which was an amazing experience. But you know, there's a difference between knowing something and wanting to do something. I mean, I even applied to Bank of America and Goldman Sachs and all those guys that we were all wanted to <laughs> intend with as undergraduates, yeah, right? Yeah. We wanted to go to UK of funds and dollars. But I just realized that I know finance, but finance wasn't what I wanted to do. And I needed to find something else to do. And in part four, I spoke with a senior colleague who was then working with students, right? And they were into recruitment, selection, and people-related processes. And she's also one of the non-finance people that finished from economics. And that kind of just showed me a path that, oh, there's something called HR. And I started out by researching, doing a lot of researching online, then decided to take a professional course. And I think the professional course really put me in the right pedestal to build what I have today. Okay, okay. That, that sounds fantastic, honestly. And I, I really wish we'd continue asking questions on HR, but then again, we promise people a topic on careers, finance, HR's perspective. Okay, so, Emmanuel, I'm oh, going to be... Okay. Of course, should, should we call you Emmanuel for this podcast, or should we call you Faith? 
Anyone is fine. Since we started Emmanuel, let's let's enjoy Emmanuel. All right, cool. We'll stick with Emmanuel for the podcast. So there is a question eh, that it's very similar to the one I just asked you. And, you know, a lot of people are asking it because, you know, the finance industry in Nigeria is growing. And um, like you said, in your undergraduate years, you applied to Bank of America, you applied to Goldman Sachs. It shows that, you know, people are becoming more informed about these um, finance companies. So in a world of today where people can be literally anything, I mean, you were an economist by background and now you're a HR professional. How big a role do you think academic background plays in getting a job in finance? I mean, you probably look through a lot of CVs, you know, when you have job applications. So how big a role do you think um, academics play in getting a job in finance? Hmm, this is an interesting and quite dicey question, right? So I'll try to be balanced. I maybe should be adding each minute I have <laughs> for any question. Okay, I get to talk a lot, right? So for this, I'll try to stay within two, three minutes. Academics is important, right? Um, sometimes, especially depending on the kind of finance, studying finance-related courses might be of help. Right. So, for example, if you intend to pursue a career in audit and your background is in accounting, you're on the right pedestal, right? If you intend to be a core, you know, finance person, corporate finance, and then your background is in economics, that's that's a very good pedestal. However, we're also learning that this is 21st century and anything is learnable. One of the best finance guys, well, guys that finished from science courses, yes. right? because they're able to complete their statistics with the theoretical knowledge, right? So I'm extremely, check out most, most IB guys, they have a background in engineering or something because they've crunched a lot yeah. of numbers. So it's really more, more than academic background is the deliberacy. I started my professional exams in HR, for example, two months after graduation. So you can have a background in chemical engineering and start ICANN from school. You can have a background in agricultural science. If I, I'm going to make reference to this. I hope that she doesn't listen to this and get mad at me. One of the most competitive finance challenges in Nigeria and even in Africa, according to Andrew Stewart, is the CFA challenge. And the best participants at the last edition was someone who had a background in veterinary medicine. Wow. Yeah, and her name is Bobore right and she she was a sound veterinary medicine student so she was not a refrap she was doing well in the medical space and she was sound enough to represent her school and get to the final and win best participant tired of people whose background were in economics and accounting and finance from unilag and oau and all the big guns right so that that shows that while whatever you study is quite by but the deliberate actions more than what you study is more important. Okay, okay, okay. So I think I think I think you spelled it out clearly. So while academics does play a role, you may not even have you know a, a background in finance, but you can still be deliberate to take steps that put you on the right pedestal. So I think that, that yes, deliberate that spells it up. Okay, okay. Let's just jump to our next question. All right. So as you know, right there, ton 
of finance opportunities and the Nigerian space is not, you know, as mature as some other developed markets. So in Nigeria, what roles would you tell a candidate to aspire to? You know, it makes sense to want to go into an industry and you have something you dream about. At the same time, it's also good to put your dreams on the on the template of reality, you understand? So you don't end up jumping into the industry and getting disappointed. So what are the popular roles, the popular finance roles in the Nigerian space that you know a candidate can aspire to, that a candidate's gone in for finance? Very interesting question to ask. And I'm glad you are asking this question. As a matter of fact, when I get a chance to speak to older graduates and recent graduates, one of my emphasis is always on please research about the industry you are going into. For example, let's pick a career path in investment banking. Okay. You talk to past four NYSC candidate recent graduates, say, hey, I want to do IP. I want to do IP. I want to do IP. I don't know if New York <laughs> or Wall Street has the same to them. And then ask them, oh, what is investment banking? They do not know. It is very important that you know the encompassing opportunities in each industry, right? So, for example, if you want to go into corporate finance, yes. right? So, you can go into IB, there's research, there's portfolio management, there's asset management, there's an array. You can decide to be an accountant focused on audits. You can decide to be an accountant in the tax space focusing on transfer pricing. Tax alone is another space. You can go into tax and say all you want to do is to be a VAT specialist. When VAT moves to 7.5%, you know the implications on good, on services. There are two different kinds of VAT. You know which is applicable and when. You know the kind of services that this increase applies to. So it's really, what's your career plan? That is really the question. And when I ask people, it looks like we are putting them in a box, but you are not. So I know people that said, oh, I want to do research after graduation because I want to have the wealth of knowledge in finance. And then after three years, I'm going to go into portfolio management. Or after three years, I'm going to go into investment banking. Or after three years, I want to be an asset manager. So what is really that your career path? And you can't even talk about the career path that you do not know, know exists, right? I know that their goal is to work with the big four for the first three years. Knowing that Big Four will give them that wealth of experience. You yeah. understand? So there are a lot of opportunities. I cannot even start listing. If I list in tax alone, I'll probably list like 10. If I list in corporate finance alone, you know, if I list in audit, uh, there, is, there are people that their major focus is forensic audit. They don't even join them to do the normal audits. Their own is when all you guys have done your audits, bring it to us. Do you understand? So, Two very important things to note. The first thing is, do you have a career path? How well do you know the finance industry? What are the things you can do? There are some people that are extremely good in numbers. There are people that are extremely good in writing. Yeah. So, for example, if you are good in numbers, IB is your way, right? If you are good in writing, research is your way. If you are good in both, then you probably want to start out a research, go into IB, end up, end up being a corporate finance person after writing CFA. So that's another thing again. What education do you need to write and when? So say you've written ICANN in school. Do you want to write ACCA next or do you want to just go straight into CFA? After writing ICANN, do you want to write CITN next or do you want to go straight into CFA? 
why should you write CFA ahead of SSA? You know, you see people just make alpha decisions about certifications. Ah, Do you understand? So what is there's something in nature we call it the reward of returns. So when you have SCA, what is the reward on the returns of having SCA versus when you have CFA? There are some people sometimes, depending on the career path, a CFA level one candidate might be more valuable than someone who has completed ICANN. Just CFA level one, not even CFA level two or level three. So it is very important. These are these are like different. I've yeah. talked about a lot of things. I've talked about career paths. I've talked about knowing your industry. I've talked about professional certifications. I've talked about reward on the kind of professional certifications that you're writing. Right now, I just finished my ACIPM. I have the option to write PHRI or CIPD. I've been looking at both of them. Which one is more expensive? Which one can I afford right now? Which one aligns with my career path? I'm not planning to go abroad soon, so I don't need CIPD. I can write my PHRI that satisfies me as an international professional instead of writing CIPD. Yeah. Do you yes, understand? Yes. So, just <laughs> yes. And I, I honestly, I think so, I think this makes sense. And one thing that really resonates, which I think is the takeaway from this, is you know you have to you have to do a lot of research and you know chart your career path. Again, you may not go according to how you plan. Exactly. It's better to run in having a plan that you can adjust versus just going with the wind. So I think I, I think that's the key takeaway here. So um just jump straight to our next question. Hopefully we can cover all um all the questions we have our time runs up. Uh, I'll start at okay, two okay, minutes. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so um, I'd, made, I'd made two questions together because they are very similar. One of the questions is, because okay. you have, you know, a role that allows you to see career progressions, would you say that a career in finance is rewarding? And the second question is, we wanted you to talk about remuneration. Like, would a candidate be comfortable with the mm. average compensation that the Nigerian finance industry pays? So this is two questions in one. So the first, but they are quite similar, you know, because remuneration is also attached to um, satisfaction on the job. So we're asking for the career progression in finance, do you think candidates would be satisfied they feel they have gotten enough reward? And for remuneration, do you think the average, you know, remuneration in Nigeria, in the finance industry, is something that candidates should aspire to or should we start looking for another industry? Okay, great. Very intelligent questions, I must say, and kudos to the team that put up these questions. In, so there are two questions. I'll take four minutes. <laughs> yes, a career in finance is very rewarding, but more, much more than a career in finance is where in finance, which industry? I think people often neglect the importance of industry factors. So there's a unit in HR called compensation and benefits. And under compensation and benefits, there's something we call industry mapping. So majorly, what we are trying to say is in consulting industry, how much is the pay of an entry-level analyst? In oil and gas industry, how much is the pay of a finance entry-level analyst? So there's always a quite huge disparity in the pay, even at entry level, that's that's the first point. The second point is, what is really the value add? And I probably quote, quote another. I think I mentioned I read a lot of books. So one of my favorite all-time books, and whoever is listening to this, if you're a career person, I think you should read it. Is so good they can't ignore you by Carl Newport. 
Can report talks about building rare and valuable skills. So I'm aware of a lot of companies where someone is at entry level and he or she is probably earning much more than a senior associate in another space just because of the thing that person can do. It's not story. Like there are people that are rich their employment contracts. I know someone who jumped. What am I saying? I know I know someone who moved from it. Okay, I won't mention his name, so I can mention his figure. Who moved from a 250k per month to an 800k per month just because of what he could do. So two very important things. Yes, careers in finance is careers in finance. But one, what industry are you playing at? Are you in tech? Are you in oil and gas? Are you in consulting? Secondly, what are the rare and valuable skills that you have that when you talk to an interviewer or when they put you on LinkedIn, there are some skills that we just say, okay, you can build a project finance model. You can say you do financial modeling, but sometimes they're not just looking for someone that can do financial modeling. They want someone that can build a scalable project finance model. That's a real valuable skill. They want someone that can do a portfolio for an infrastructure financing that was spread over five years. That's a real valuable skill. So I, I could go exact. Okay. Sorry, am I still yes, on? Yes, you're still on. We can still hear you. I could go exact and start giving you figures and say, oh, entry level, yeah, I earn 180k per month. But I don't think that the listeners would love to, you know, hear that because some of them are probably not earning 180k per month. So they are wondering, is it because this guy is working with Carrie Rice? So what I would say is, number one, decide that this is the industry I want to play in. Everybody that knows me knew that Leaving school, I wanted to work in finance, then move to energy, then move to FMCG, then at some point play in tech. Wow, you, you want well, as it is, tech, <laughs> yeah, tech came before FMCG. If you ever, I do not long away, Kaiwise, if you ever, I left Kaiwise maybe five years or six years time, it's it's not to Google or Microsoft, it's to be to an FMCG. Wow. Right. But don't let your bosses so, get this man <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's why I said five years, six years, <laughs> seven years time, right? So it's definitely not to another tech company, right? It's probably to an FMCG. So where do you want to play? Which industry do you want to play? What kind of skills are thriving in those industry? Rare and valuable skills. Using the financial money, everybody can do financial money. But can you build something specific, a project finance and infrastructural finance, things like that? And healthcare. Healthcare is becoming a big thing. Yeah. If, if you're interested in financing, follow Timmy Masila. She does amazing stuff in the healthcare can space. You so you can decide that, oh, my... Masila, yes. What did I say? I want you to pronounce it again so that, you know, the listeners can take notes. Oh, great. So her name is Timmy Masila. Uh, Masila is M-A-L-C-E-L-L-A. So she does a lot of things around health, infrastructure, financing. So there are a lot of fields that you can decide to focus on and build rare and valuable skills. And this makes you a specialist. So either you're an entry level, a mid-level, you can you can earn so much more than your level. That's 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 the point I want the listeners to learn from okay, this. Okay, and that, I think that's a, that's a solid takeaway for anybody that is listening to this. Once you have those rare and valuable skills, it makes sense that you know because the skill is rare and valuable companies want to pay more for it so yeah i think that's that's exactly so i want to ask you a question now and at this point in the question you know you've gotten you put out a job application 
you've gotten you know a ton of CVs. You know, take us take us into your world, Emmanuel. What are the top three skills? You know, when employing for say Kauru White, what are the top three skills? I mean, outside academics now, because we already discussed that. Top three skills HR HR looks out for when they are employing candidates in um, for finance roles. Hmm. This technical. So I would. Okay. So the the first thing is how what skills. You know, I've talked about skills, right? So what skills? Can I read through your CV and see that you've built this and this and this, or you've worked on this, 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 and this? So what skills are really just straight up visible on your CV? The second would be um, what certifications, depending on the role. You remember when I was talking about a core audit? Yeah. yeah. And I want to see some examples. Not this one. You must have finished ICANN or ACC. So I know come and scatter yeah. our books. I've <laughs> credit expenses to <laughs> put it on the side of the balance sheet. So what skills, what skills have you demonstrated? What project have you executed? What certifications do you have? The retort thing, which I hope that the listeners would not have told me is where have you worked? Really? That's, that's a huge and factor. That is why I said hope the listeners will not have told me. And I said it because, I mean, I have discussions. Okay, don't worry, don't let me go there. Honestly, yeah, because this is supposed to be an honest conversation. If you can get a structured environment, note, I am not saying a multinational, because honestly, not all of us will work with a multinational. But if you can get a structured environment to work in, please do. Every six months internship, oh, thank God. I mean, it, companies are even doing a lot to help graduates these days. They say, oh, 12 months training. I saw the one that PCG just completed. There is Baines, there is Sterling Bank. You know, all these companies are trying to contribute to the talent empowerment. So if you can do any of these things, please do. There's a way. The interesting thing is that you that your work with Babalolan Sons Associates, you're not necessarily a less better candidate, right? Yeah. You said I should be honest, so I'm honest. It's just because I have a candidate who has ICANN and has worked with Sterling Bank, and I have you that have ICANN and have worked with Babalola Sons and Associates, except I see that you've done something exceptional that lessons and, and associates even if i want to call you from an HR perspective the hiring manager who is the of course the finance manager will say oh why when i have sterling bank or sorry i like sterling bank as a brand not as a company so that's why the first name that comes to mind i'm sure you like sterling bank's branding too <laughs> right so maybe let me know just telling bank before they think i'm advertising for them so a, a gt yeah a gt bank or you know, maybe even Unilever or, you know, just a structure, just do your best to get into a structured company and after experience and put it on your CV. Now, if you are listening and you have, you do not have, you know, you've not worked in a structured environment, it is not a bad thing. Make sure that you are building skills that when they put someone that's, if they finally, you know, your mother is a very religious country, right? So your mother is a warrior and 
you get called for interview and the selling bank candidate gets called for interview wow them so much that they'll be considering you ahead of the sterling bank candidates you understand but trust me working with a structured environment definitely has a lot of advantage definitely yeah and and honestly i i think i think that is solid and to be very frank with you i don't know about listeners but i can tell you for certain i have learned a lot from this you know very short conversation that we have had and um, we would, you know, love to continue asking questions, but you know, twenty-five minutes has to be twenty-five minutes. So thank you oh, yeah, very, yeah, very much, <laughs> Emmanuel, for your time and you know for bringing your expertise to this call. I'm sure our listeners are going to be um, are going to benefit a lot from this particular episode, you know. And um, if our listeners want to reach you, maybe okay, they want to apply to career wise, should we share your email, Emmanuel? Yes, please feel free, feel free to share my email. I mean, I mean, you could just maybe share my LinkedIn and do. I write a lot of employability related posts. Yeah, instead. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yes, please. So search for Emmanuel. All right. LinkedIn. Thank you very much, Emmanuel, and um, hopefully we'll invite you next time if we have more HR questions. Okay, that's fantastic. I had an amazing time doing this and I wish every listener the very best in their respective careers. Well done, FPN. Keep in Thank practice. you so much. All right, we're signing off now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Do join us next week for Coffee by FPN. Have a good weekend.